Hi, everyone. Welcome back to this very special episode of the podcast this week. This week, it's a little bit different on the podcast. I'm actually interviewing one of my Mind Movement Health members, Petrina. Now, Petrina is so lovely and has graciously shared her story with us of her injuries, how she got into Pilates, how she joined the membership and everything that's come through that on her Pilates journey. And I think hearing these stories is really inspiring and beneficial to know that there are other people just like you going through the same things with their health and their fitness. And sometimes hearing these stories, you know, can be comforting and just give you that inspiration to maybe take that next step wherever it may be in your own fitness and health journey. Now, this week, we have been going through our Fully Charged five-day challenge, and a huge congratulations to everybody that has joined the challenge, and the doors are now open. We have a special this week if you do decide to join the Mind Movement Health membership, so definitely head on over to the website, check out the membership page, and you know it's been fantastic welcoming new members this week. I'm always so excited to support women on their health and movement journey, so I hope Hope you enjoy this episode. I hope you can take some inspiration away from it uh, as well and apply it to your own health and fitness journey. Let's have a listen in. Hi, I'm Kate Boyle and welcome to the Mind Movement Health podcast. Each week, I'll be bringing you health information from diet and lifestyle to movement and nutrition. My aim is to bring you bite-sized pieces of information that you can instigate into your everyday life to change your health. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to the Mind Movement Health Podcast. I'm super excited today to have one of my lovely ladies from the membership joining us on the podcast. Petrina, welcome to the show. Hi, Kate. I'm so happy to have you on. We've been touching base, you know, in the membership and I've been cheering you on in your, you know, Pilates and health journey. And I think, you know, your story in that you've had an injury and you're, you know, exploring, you know, health and changing your health is a a common story in the sense that so many of us women are trying to do that every day. So I wanted to have you come on the podcast and share a little bit about, you know, your health journey. So to begin with, can you share with listeners a little bit about who you are, where you're from and what you do? Yeah, sure. Um, probably the first thing to say is my, my age. I'm fi- I'm 52. Um, I'm married. I have a 17 year old son. Um, we live in Oxfordshire in England. Um, I work uh, on a part time basis, uh, only three days a week, and I've done that since I had my son. Luckily, that since COVID, I'm able to do that most majority of that at home. Um, and the rest of the time, I fill my time with walking with the family dog. Um, I love gardening, um, have a passion for that, which I've recently discovered in the last couple of years, really. Um, and I love Pilates. <laughs> um, I've done Pilates for uh, probably about eight, ten years, but only kind of a weekly class. And it's only been since joining the membership that I've really started doing it more or less on a daily basis, really. Um, and I love that. And it's all things that the gardening and the Pilates are good for me, both mentally and physically. So, yeah, that's a little bit about me. Amazing. And 
you know, I always love hearing people say that they love Pilates because that's what I do. <laughs> and there are so many benefits. And as you kind of said, it's not just mm. physical benefits. It's the, you know, the mental health benefits, moving our body, connecting to our breath and that type of thing. How has your, you know, prior to joining the membership, what did your health and fitness routine look like? Or did you have a routine or was it kind of just like sporadic here and there? Probably prior to just joining, it was probably sporadic and not very much. I mean, in my 20s, I was a regular gym goer, um, you know, five days a week at the gym, working out probably the fittest I ever was. In my 30s, met my husband, had my son, wasn't any time time for going to the gym and keeping fit and all of that um and then in my 40s the thought of going to the gym was just like oh no that's not for me and that's kind of when I discovered Pilates and just went to a weekly Pilates class um and looking back now I just thought it was an exercise class to do it wasn't anything that was um you know I wasn't thinking about the breathing side of it the other benefits it was just a sort of movement thing um, then when I was about 48, um, I had uh, a problem with my hip. That's when they, the problems sort of started. Um, I was actually in a Pilates class. And the first thing I realised was I was having trouble laying on my side. Um, and also couldn't do things like a clam movement. I couldn't physically lift my leg up. Um, my brain was telling my leg to lift and it was just not going to lift. Um, so that was kind of the start of it. It was then a bit of a long journey, about 18 months for them to discover what was wrong with it. So initially it was trochanteric bursitis. Which um, and it wasn't is until... quite common. Sorry. Like it is, it's one of those yes. things, yes. you know, we, it sounds like a big word and people might not have heard of it before, um, but it is actually yeah. quite a common thing, especially for women as we get to our 40s yeah. and 50s. So I just wanted to add that in yes. there in case listeners. Oh, are- oh yeah. <laughs> it sounds a really big word, doesn't it? And when you say it, you think, oh, no, what is that? Sounds awful. But actually, it's something that should have gone within about six weeks from everything that I was being told. And I had a list of exercises to do, all of which I could do, but it wasn't going. It wasn't getting any better. So eventually I um, was re- went to see a private physio um, and who said, this isn't right, it should have gone. We did some more sort of physio type work with it, still wasn't improving at all. Um, and eventually I went to see um, an orthopaedic surgeon who immediately looked at me and said, someone of your age should not have that without a cause it, you know, it doesn't just happen because of what you've been doing and there's a reason for it. So after a scan and investigation, they discovered I have a had a CAM deformity um, on my femur, which they believe I've had since puberty. And I also had a labral tear in my hip socket. And that was the reason for the bursitis. There you <laughs> so, go. They're long and short of that. There you go. He was right. There was a cause. (laughs) So the outcome of that was a hip arthroscopy um, operation, which was October 2019. So just before COVID. Um, And they uh, rectified the cam deformity. They mended the labral tear, which was a mess, apparently, um, as best they could. Uh, Had quite a bit of arthritis in there. Um, which they are concerned about and have confirmed since it's coming back, the arthritis. So I will be heading for a hip replacement at some point, but I'd like to try and hold that off as long as possible. 
Um, and then obviously it was physio to get better. And from what I was told, hip arthroscopy, very easy operation, but it's the recovery afterwards that's quite hard and you might not get your full movement back. Um, but add to that, we then went through the COVID pandemic, no face-to-face physio, um, fear of movement. I was in still in a lot of pain. Couldn't I didn't have the ability to move my legs and things properly. I was doing all the exercise rehab and still wasn't getting any better. Um, and that went on for another sort of 18 months until we could get face-to-face physio things back over here. Um, and at that point, um, a physio recommended I go and see a lady who did myofascial massage release. Um, so I said, OK, I thought I was heading for a nice little gentle <laughs> body massage. Mm-hmm. <laughs> laugh really hard at that because so many people think massages would be you know relaxing and gentle yes, and exactly time and then you say yeah release and they are going to dig right in there and get in oh, and around yes. that so yes yeah oh yes I I really thought okay I'm just gonna go for a soft tissue massage it's just because apparently my leg my quad my um hamstring everything around my hip was just solid like a block of concrete um, so I thought, oh, this is going to be easy. Oh, 45 minutes of pure <laughs> hell. She, she is. I love her to bits and I still see her now. I started off seeing her every two weeks and I see her every six weeks. But she is affectionately known as the torture lady in my house. <laughs> <laughs> but she is just amazing. And that was the first time um, the word fascia had ever ever been spoken to me or explained to me or anything like that and it's interesting because you've been talking about it recently um in the membership and lots of people I saw put on the on the comments that said what's fascia where's that in your body and I thought oh I'm not the only one that doesn't know what it is um so yeah so that was a massive turning point for me um yeah so I continue continued with my weekly Pilates and then it was only November last year that I discovered you (laughs) and that's where I've got to now. (laughs) Well on the fascia point I have to say it's one of those areas that we we don't talk about. People talk about the muscles and the bones and ligaments and joints but fascially you know the whole body is connected we've got a back line a front line a lateral line and crossling lines and and all the rest of it so if people are listening and want to know about fascia definitely look into it you can just google myofascia um you can look up thomas myers he's written some amazing papers and books on fascia in general but the more we understand our fascia the more we understand our movement and how everything is interconnected and you saying before that you went to the massage therapist and everything around that hip was was super tight your hips doing that to provide stability like your body's you know it's amazing in the sense that it goes there's not enough stability here you know we've had this operation the muscles aren't activating the way they should the fascia is going to go okay I'm just going to clamp down here and that's going to create the stability until these muscles have the stability to do it instead so that's why you get that tightness but then that tightness can lead to pain or restriction of movement or affect other areas of the body so learning about the fascia is so important so I'm glad that you've started down mm-hmm. that journey and I know from the conversations we've had by releasing the fascia and then doing strength exercises you're starting to feel different things around those muscles too 
Oh, absolutely. I mean, the first time I went to see the lady, you know, I just thought, how is she going to, to sort this out? Well, obviously, it was and not everybody will have tremendous pain. With it. it depends what's actually happened to you. But um, after that first session, I couldn't even come out and explain to my husband what she'd done because I was just in floods of tears and that I suddenly felt this huge release that I could move. And what she actually discovered was if I was standing straight facing you, the top half of my body was twisted round to the right. And it's my left hip that was um, had the operation. So she said, for example, when you're doing these exercises where you're doing single leg standing and you're trying to make my left leg go backwards, as in a, a, like a walking motion, she said, you physically can't because the top half of your body is twisted around. You can't take it back. So she said, you can do all these rehab exercises every single day, but they're not making you any better because they're not strengthening and stretching anything to the right degree. So it was really, really interesting that she did that. So once she straightened me out, I mean, and I came home covered in bruises, purple bruises around every part of my body, we then discovered all sorts of areas of your body. So, for example, if you picture, she described it as you picture you had a whole body suit on that's like a lycra suit all over you, and that's your fascia. She said if you were to pull the area around your rib cage on one side, it restricts your movement on your left-hand side. So when you talk about the going, the crossing, that's that's what a lot of that I had suffer with is that. So um, it, it's just a complete, I find it completely fascinating that um, our bodies work like that. And my body has obviously adapted since 13, 14 to the deformity in my hip. And now I'm trying to reset and strengthen muscles that have probably been very lazy over a lot of time because they've never been able to work properly. But yeah, I mean, it's just completely fascinating. But like I say, I was every two weeks. Now I'm every six weeks. And it really is just a reset when I go and see her. And I now walk in and nine times out of 10, I am not in pain. And it's just a kind of, oh, let me just have a feel how things are. And it's just sort of uh, normal stiffness and tightness in a muscle is how she describes me now. Whereas before I was a block of concrete. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think too, you know, a lot of people think if they have an injury or they have tightness that they'll see the massage therapist and they'll release it and it'll be fixed or maybe it'll be two or three sessions and it'll be fixed and mm. after so many sessions they're wondering why does it return or how come it hasn't disappeared or it's worked a little bit but it's not all gone and that's where yeah. to really make a change yes the release works important but if you're not doing the strength component of it you're not going to change any of those patterns in the body that pattern that's created that tightness is just going to come back and back, which is where the strength exercises of Pilates or whatever exercise yep. you're doing comes in to try to get that balance of the muscles back into play. So I wanted to highlight that because I know so many people think I'll see the osteo and I'll see the Maya or I'll see the massage therapist, and that's important, but it won't fix anything unless you've got the strength component combined. So you doing those two together. Oh, absolutely. Is amazing. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, she, if I go and see her and she releases it, in two weeks' time, I'll be back in the same position if I didn't do anything. Um, and then also it's looking at your lifestyle, you know, even something like, um, you know, I sit at, at a computer to work. So and I've realised that if I have my laptop on the left hand side of me, um, I end up twisting around too much. So I now have to reposition it. So it's things like how you sit and watch the television, how you sit in the chair, 
I have to consider all those things because I need to compensate what my body would naturally do. And now I have the strength. I can cope with putting myself into different positions, which is helping the release all along. So it's just a win-win really. Yeah, well, I know a lot of clients that I work with, you know, they'll come in and we'll dress the pain in the sense that where is the pain and what type of pain it is, and then we'll explore what daily movements they're doing. So like you said, things that may be exacerbating that pain. For some women, it's carrying their kids on one hip. For other people, you know, people have told me, you know, they'll come in with a shoulder injury and I'm like, how's your desk set up? And they're like, oh, yeah, my mouse is on the right. My phone is on the right. I talk to somebody on my, everything's on my right-hand side. So I I always say to them, you know, well, we need to set it up ergonomically, make sure that you can pivot to both sides Mm. and use both arms and adapt. So sometimes those changes in our life, because they're repeated movements over and over, they're even more important than the exercises we're doing once a week because once a week is great. Yeah. But the repetitive movements that is just going to inbuilt that pattern into your body is what we really need to address. So it's fantastic that you've built that awareness around your body and then can transfer it into everyday life too. Yeah. Yeah. It it was really important to do that. But actually you you have to get your your mind into the right mindset to do that. You have to realize that you that that needs to be done because sometimes I mean even after I had my operation it's like oh I've got this sheet of exercises and I've got to do all these exercises every day and unless you start to see an improvement you you don't do them every day you start lessening off what you're doing so you have to be in the right mindset to say well I have to make this better and you have to give yourself small enough goals that you start to see an improvement because that's what keeps you going and and enables you to get through it. A hundred percent. Because like you said, if you're not seeing any improvements, you just end up giving up. It's all too hard. It's not really working. And, you know, we're good at finding excuses, but also, as you were saying before, if you don't have somebody watching you to make sure that you're doing the exercises correctly, then, Mm. you know, and you're doing them incorrectly or you're causing more harm, you know, you're in pain while you're doing them and you know something's wrong, but you don't know how to fix it, then that's, you know, very disempowering in a sense that you go, oh, well, this just isn't working. I'm just going to give up. Yeah, absolutely. Because during the COVID pandemic, I I would have conversations with the physio and it would be on a Zoom and I'd have to position my computer and she'd say, right, okay, just do that exercise. Oh, yeah, it looks okay. It's really hard to see whether it it is working okay. Um, And she obviously thought, yes, I'm doing it. And as we then discovered, I I could do every single exercise, but I wasn't getting any better. And she couldn't tell that because she couldn't touch me feel what my muscles were doing so um it's absolutely key to have somebody that can feel what you're how you're moving as you're doing it can actually see properly how you're doing it the lady I go to for Pilates once a week is a physio as well as um Pilates instructor um she quite often you no know, now she'll comment to me she'll say um you're definitely massively improved she said because I don't see you wincing across the room anymore every time I go to do an exercise <laughs> and I'm, okay that's a positive <laughs> but she obviously spots how I'm doing things and will uh, can, comes over and adjusts me if I'm you know tipping over or my hips are moving or whatever where they shouldn't be so it's absolutely important to have the support of people that understand what you've gone through and can help you to improve and keep you going um to say yes you're doing the right things keep going you can do this uh, and and like 
like you is putting out the information on your podcast on your masterclass on your facebook page on the membership all of those things you even if you're just reading them in your own time those things absorb into your mind and you then attach them to your situation and you realize you're heading in the right direction and yes. that's where i got to yeah that's where i got to when last november i joined in with your fully charged challenge week and that was the first time and after that week of five days, all those little messages you sent every single day of what the subject was that obviously went in and went, I can do this. I'm going to do this. I'm going to get pain free. And that's how I came to be one in your membership. So segueing to that, how have you utilized the membership? What parts of it are you utilizing it? And what have been the big changes in your health? We know you've obviously, you know, improved with your pain and stuff with your hip, but what um, else have been the benefits as such? Well, the the biggest thing I obviously use takeaway from the membership is probably your home workouts. So um, I would probably say just about most mornings, maybe on Saturday I might not do anything but every single day I will either do a workout or a stretch session or I'll focus on just doing some exercises specific to my hip um, that I've picked out from things that you either put on Instagram and I save them and things like that so um, and I can depending on how much time I've got I can do a couple of them that might be 10-15 minutes long and think I'll do one and I go oh that's enough I'll do another one and I'll go and do another <laughs> one or I'll do a half an hour one or you know whatever whatever time I've got I match it to that and I always do it in the morning get up do my pilates have a shower start my day um I've tried I, I've tried out some of the recipes and I've decided well if I'm doing pilates I'm probably going to start hopefully lose a little bit of weight I really wanted to do that I've lost about four kilos in weight since November um I use some of the breakfast things I've, we love in the house. Muesli, I'm always making muesli. <laughs> uh, my husband always wants me making pancakes. Um, so I've tried some of those recipes. I've just dotted them in without trying to make big changes to make the whole household eat everything I'm eating. I've just tried to bring in some of them gradually. Um, I'm now able to walk without being in pain. So my biggest thing is I am 99% of the time not in pain. So I can take the dog out for a walk and enjoy the countryside and enjoy the walk without worrying that I'm going to be suffer later. Um, I can be able to do my gardening without having to be in any pain, that sort of thing. So, yeah, it's um, all of those benefits. But also the education that you've offered is made me read more about fascia, made me read more about my injury made me want to do these exercises to put off me eventually having to have a hip replacement. There's also the likelihood that my other hip will go the same way as my left hip. They don't know that. So all of those things keep my strength and stability going so I can help to make myself feel feel much better. And having lost weight, improved all of those things, I now feel much happier in myself. And, yeah, big change. Well, that's amazing. And and I love hearing that. I love how you've adapted. Like you said, if you've got a bit more time, you do a longer workout or you do a couple of the short workouts yeah. and put it together. And I think that's where online can come in and really shine in the sense that you don't have to drive anywhere. You know, you don't have to pick out outfits and look amazing because you're going to be in a class with other people. You can just get up, put on what you want, tailor it to suit you yeah. then and there and 
go for it. I know sometimes I'll do the workouts in the membership, which probably seems funny, me actually watching myself, but I'm just like everybody else. Sometimes I don't want to have to think of what I'm doing. I just want to follow something. So I'll check in and do one of the workouts and I'll be in the middle of the workout and being like, how does she, how does she just keep doing this? Thinking this is me that's doing this and I'm getting really tired right now (laughs) doing it. And I look fine on the screen doing it. So it's always funny in that sense, watching them, but I know even for me, being an instructor myself, following, even if it's somebody else's workout, it's nice to have that guidance or, you know, try something new. And I think that's where the online space is great to give you those sort of opportunities and chances to do that. Yeah, absolutely. Because you can, you can probably would try something that you wouldn't necessarily do in a class. Um, and, you know, there, there are a couple of times in, a, in a, one of the workouts, you'll go to do something and, and I'll go, OK, ooh, I've never done that one before. Let's give that a kind of, no, OK, that's not happening. <laughs> no, just like, move past that one and move on to the next bit. But you can do that because you're at home, whereas in a classroom, you probably feel uh, quite conscious of it, really, I suppose. So, but no, it, it's great. My biggest challenge is deciding which workout I'm going to do. And I really keep saying, I must decide the night before what I'm going to do. And I don't, I just get there and open the morning and go, oh, which one? It's like in a switch up. Well, even, you know, each month, because we obviously, I, you know, film new workouts and things. It's mm. great that you guys are like, oh, you know, I want to learn about fashion. And I was like, oh, that's amazing because I have just done a fashion workout for people. Uh, so yeah. it's, you know, lovely to get the feedback from people in the membership of what they want to see. But there are Pilates is endless in the things that we can work on, whether or not it's your pelvic floor or your core or, you know, hip injuries Mm. or shoulder so it's always nice that you can go into the membership and there's something else to try or focus on yeah yeah definitely it's it's definitely and also the podcasts you know um I never listened to a podcast before I joined the membership I I knew what they were I just never didn't have the time to didn't want to think about it but now I will stick the headphones in and like you've said before you could be doing the housework or could be out in the garden and I'll just listen to your podcasts of what you're talking and there's and there's so many things I mean I mentioned my age at the start yes I'm in that menopausal age so there's lots of conversations that are not Pilates that's in your membership that actually change can change my life so you know part of the challenge week was about your sleeping your breathing your eating those sorts of things that's not Pilates that's everything to do with your life and it's when you put all of those together, they're the things that make the changes, really. Yeah. Well, I always say health isn't sexy or it isn't exciting. It's all those little boring things, you know, getting good sleep and eating good food and hydration and moving our body and all of those things over and over again, that consistency of us if what creates our health. And I think sometimes, you know, life gets busy and things happen and, you know, our health falls to the wayside because we're so busy trying to get everything else done. But at the end of the day, if we don't have our health, and I think, you know, COVID was maybe something that sort of highlighted this to people, that if we don't have our health, then we really don't have a lot. We we can't do the things we want to do if we don't have our health. So, you know, absolutely, absolutely, so fundamental and our number one priority, essentially. Yeah, definitely. And we all know we should drink more water, but it's the understanding why we should drink more water. <clears throat> we all know we probably should go to, you know, we should have a certain amount of sleep, but it's um, why we should. And you, you mentioned we all should be going to bed before 11 o'clock because of your cortisol levels and things like that. 
I wouldn't have known that before listening to what you said. I just knew that, yeah, yeah, you should get a decent amount of sleep, really. (laughs) But it's understanding all those things that make you then change it. It's not just, yes, you should need to drink more water. You need to drink more water for X, Y and Z. And then it makes you do it. So that's the education side of it that I think people should take away from it. Yeah, and that creating membership, you know, there are so many other memberships out there that are just Pilates or just nutrition or just Mm. meal prepping or whatever it is. And so for me, it was really important that we put all these pieces of the puzzle together, which is why, as you were saying before, with like the masterclasses and stuff, I will get experts to come in and talk about perimenopause and menopause and pelvic floor health Mm. and setting, you know, boundaries and emotional support and all those sorts of things, because they all tie in together for for creating a healthy body and mind. Yeah, definitely, definitely. And I think you have to be ready to take on board that education and realise that they're the things that make you change. For me, it was those things that made me change. You know, in my 40s, I knew I should have lost weight, really. I knew I should have probably do more exercise, but I didn't. For whatever reason, I didn't. There wasn't the time. I wasn't in the right mindset. Whereas you, once you get to that point, you just need to go for it and, yeah, do it. <laughs> and I think that's where an injury or a pain or a health scare or something like that is sometimes, you know, kind of the kick up the butt we sometimes might need or the real, you know, really draws in that realisation. Yeah, definitely. Pain is not a nice thing to, to live with. You know, I got to the point where I couldn't go for a walk. I couldn't sit. I couldn't get out of a chair without being wincing and being in pain. Um, and it's that's not nice to, to live with at all. So to be able to move around and, you know, the first time I was able to run back up the stairs, I was just like, I get to the top, I'd just run up the stairs. How did, how did I do that? So <laughs> whereas before I'd be going up one at a time. <laughs> and so it, it's little things like that. So being in pain is, yeah, not the best. And that's it. And all those small things that add up is what contributes to our longevity. And we all want to leave, you know, Mm -hmm. in the end, we just want to live a long, healthy life. It doesn't really matter, you know, how much you weigh or how good you look in bikini or any of that stuff, because it's all just superficial. It's really, do we, are we functioning? Do we have, you know, a good mind? And do we have, can we do the movement we want to do so we can live the life we want to live? Yeah, definitely, definitely. Maybe that's an age thing you get to because in your 20s and 30s, you don't really focus on that. I don't know. But um, for me, yeah, it's just that realisation, like you said before, about don't set yourself a goal of, oh, I'm going on holiday. I want to wear a bikini, look good in a bikini because once you've done it, then what's going to happen then? So you set yourself realistic goals that are important to you. And they and for me, it was like make really small goals that you can achieve because then you'll make lots of little steps, which eventually mean a big step. Yeah, well, I think they often say it's like that 40 to 50 age bracket where everybody says that they have like a midlife crisis. And essentially what that is, is we're realizing that we are mortal, that we do only have a certain period of time on this planet. And that's when we actually start going, oh, okay, well, if I'm going to hang around for a bit longer, what might I need to do to look after myself? Because in our 20s and our 30s, we certainly aren't thinking about that. No, don't care. No, because we think we're invincible (laughs) and we know everything. And then when we start to hit our 40s and things don't function the way they used to or we start feeling more pain or our hormones are starting to change, uh, you know, all those things start mounting up. And I think that's when we start realising, oh, yeah, this is 
I don't want to live like this for the rest of my life. What can I do to change it? Yeah, exactly. You know, you wake up in the morning and you or you start to get out of a chair and you groan. You go, oh, and you think you start to realise you're doing that more often. You just think, no, this is ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, it's very funny in the studio. I have a few, you know, clients in their 80s and when they're doing sideline work and lying on their side, they always say to me, just just give me a couple of minutes. I'll get there to turn over for the other side. It, it would just take me a few minutes, but I, I'll do it. I'm like, it's all good. It's brilliant. Your time. <laughs> Like just keeping that movement going is uh, important, but it's, yeah, they always credit that Pilates has changed their life and kept their movement going. So I always love that too. Yeah, that's amazing, isn't it? Brilliant. And going forward now, what's your health? What's your plan for your health? You know, what do you want to achieve, you know, in the next coming years as such? Do you have any big goals that you're aiming for or is there anything new you want to change and add in? I haven't set myself any, I don't think I've got any big goals. I haven't reached that point of maybe it's because of the time with being in pain, you know, I'm constantly with a slight, there's a slight doubt in my mind of am I, am I going to go too far with my exercise and go back to it? But hopefully not. Um, so I haven't set myself big goals. I've literally just gone small goals. And the main one was to be pain free um, and then was to try and lose some weight I've achieved that. Oh, yeah, I'd like to lose more weight. We all would, wouldn't we? But um, it, so I've only set myself small goals. And I've, if I now look back from from November, I've actually, if I look back, I realise I've achieved quite a lot. So I just think, okay, I'm going to keep going with this and and see how I get to. And I'm sure as I get in the next few months, there probably will be a big goal to come. But for me, the, my probably my big goal is just to make to be pain free and to put off having to have a hip replacement the consultant said to me if you can get to 65 that would be a bonus um so maybe that's my big goal of let get to at least 65 before I have to have a hip replacement and who knows if I keep going with my exercise I might not have to have one I might be strong enough that I, I can cope with not having one who knows so that's probably my big goal I suppose but I'm enjoying it. It's making me happy, everything I'm doing at the moment. So I'm just going to keep going with it. Well, I think they're great goals to have. I know a number of clients that I work with have been told in the past that they would need, you know, a hip replacement or one client in particular particular said that she was told she needed a knee replacement. She'd had a Baker cyst and they pretty much said, you've probably got about three or four years and then you'll end up needing a knee replacement. Ten years down the track, she's still doesn't need one so you know and she's excellent she's 76 now and she still doesn't need one so she credits that alone just to she she a little bit like you she comes to a weekly class with me and every morning and if she listens to this podcast she, she'll know it's her every morning she wakes up and she has a series of exercises she does in bed before she even gets up out of bed so she does her you know her stretches and some exercises she does about six to eight but she said you know without fail every morning that's her her routine and it served her so well and she always says you know when she was in her 40s she you know was hairdressing and had been in a terrible car accident and had such bad back pain she said I couldn't bend over I couldn't do a lot of movements and she goes I'm moving now you know, way better at 76 than I was at 45 yeah. and Pilates is to credit that. So, yeah, it's pretty amazing. The yeah. Oh, it's, 
that sounds amazing. Good for her. That's fantastic, isn't it? But you don't really don't want to have big operations like knee and hip replacements that just not good at all. So that's amazing. Pilates is phenomenal. Really, really good. So before we wrap up, what would you share with other women who may be kind of listening into this podcast and sort of, you know, I thinking, oh, well, you know, I'm kind of in a similar journey in that I probably know that maybe I need to change my health and I've dabbled in some Pilates, but, you know, maybe it's time that I do something about my health. What advice do you have to share with them? I would say you surround yourself, get yourself um, experts, listen, educate yourself into how you can change your life. So joining something like the membership or joining your challenges you do, because you do different ones. You did the the Lean 14 one that led, led up to the Lean 14 for the week. You know, I listened into all those those sessions leading up to the Lean 14. I didn't join it, but um, I listened into those. And that's the things that you can change. So you have to get your mindset ready to want to make a change. Be prepared to set out time for yourself. And maybe that's not easy when you have younger children. I mean, my son's 17 now, he's driving, doesn't need me ferrying him around. So I have a lot more freedom in my time. So it's easier for me to block out time that is just for me. Um, and make sure set yourself small goals and just try and give yourself two weeks and and give it a go and and don't worry about if it's if it fails just pick it back up again um you and I spoke a couple of weeks ago I was I said oh I haven't been feeling great this week I haven't been able to do my Pilates I've really missed it and I really struggled with it but you just said to me it's fine give yourself a break you'll get back into it and I have this week it's been fine so Everybody needs to, I think if they're thinking about changing it, just do it, go for it, find yourself an expert, follow some instruction, read up about as much as you can, educate yourself and just set yourself really small goals that you can achieve, which means you won't give up. I think that's amazing. Fantastic advice. I'm like, I couldn't really have said that better to, to any of our <laughs> listeners myself because that's pretty much what I say to all of my, you know, clients, whether or not they're they're online or or in the the studio, is that it really is those small steps and having those small goals and mm-hmm. you know, changing your mindset to that sort of growth mindset or that positive mindset, knowing that you you're going to have setbacks and nobody is perfect and that's totally okay and as you said you know you get you get sick give your time your body time to rest you know so many people feel like yeah. they have to keep going but realistically the body's communicating you know we you're not feeling great you just need to rest and recoup and then you'll start to build back up your energy and you can get back into things and you know your habits won't be broken with a few days off you know or you won't won't bounce back going changing you know your food habits for a few days it's it's the consistency over time not just short periods yeah exactly and one thing that you have to do with food that you've always said and um we did laugh about it during the challenge week was you know you might you say right I'm not eating one of my goals was don't eat chocolate cakes biscuits anything like that I'm not eating anything like that the first day on the challenge week my mum came around to see me with cake I'm like, no, I'm not eating the cake. But you've always said to me, it doesn't matter if you eat the cake, it's fine. Eat the cake. If it's going to make you happy, eat the cake. It doesn't matter. It's not going to set you back because otherwise people go, oh, I've eaten the cake now. I'm not going to bother. That's it. I've got no willpower. So now sometimes I'll say, 
oh, I really fancy a piece of chocolate. And I'll look to see what if what's in the house and they'll go, no, I'm not going to have that because that I know I want it. But actually, that's not worth it. I'm saving my wish for chocolate for something that's really going to be worth it. And it doesn't matter. Everything in, in moderation have if you want the chocolate, have a piece of chocolate. It's not going to set you back and, and be kind to yourself, really, at the end of the day. And just be proud of the achievements that you make. And don't worry about the ones when you slightly, you know, have a glass of wine or whatever, a piece of chocolate or a biscuit. It doesn't matter. Well, that's it. It is all about balance and and life is to be enjoyed, you know, especially food, you, you know, with friends and family, food is amazing, especially if you can have the glass of wine or the yeah. dessert and the ice cream and all the rest of it. But, you know, having it every day, we know it's not amazing for our health. So if we can stick to, you know, having a pretty healthy, balanced diet majority of the time, then those sort of sweet treats and, you know, savoury treats we add in really isn't going to break the bank at the end of the day. No, exactly, exactly. Everybody should just go for it. Join the membership. (laughs) (laughs) Well, like you said, it's it's finding your thing, isn't it? It's finding your people. It's finding who you connect to and, and, you know, that works with you. And that might take, you know, maybe you find your, your people on Instagram or on YouTube or wherever it is. But I always say to people, you know, Social is fantastic for finding people, but always look at their credentials and, you know, check out their website, see what their qualifications are, you know, see if you really resonate with them and and what they offer is going to suit you because there is a lot of information out there and not all of it is so amazing. So finding the right people and the right qualified people, I think is an important point because I know in my DMs on social, so many people write to me asking, you know, certain questions. I've got a shoulder injury. What should I do to fix it? And and things like that, which is lovely, but without having further information, we can only do so much, which is where the in-person comes in. If you're seeing your physio on that, that you can get that one-on-one attention. So um, just a tip for people listening in that if you are looking on social and that do check out people's credentials because I think there's there's so much out there now and it's just filtering down to what's going to work for you yeah definitely well thank you so much for coming on the show and sharing your experience I uh, really appreciate it and um, I'll see you in the membership again soon thanks Kate thanks for listening into the podcast please hit subscribe to be updated each time we release a new podcast.